Welcome to the Money Buddha podcast, where I chat with people who I admire, people who really follow the things that light them up in business and in life. And our guest today does exactly that. She is a multifaceted, intuitive health practitioner and international speaker and trainer. She started her journey as a massage therapist in 2007 and has since become certified in craniosacral therapy and somato-emotional release. She also helps teach with the Upledger Institute in Palm Beach, Florida for these modalities. Deeply spiritual and finely attuned to the frequencies and energies that surround all things, she guides her clients toward optimal health and alignment through therapeutic treatments, mindfulness coaching, and her intuitive gift of mediumship and channeling to help people heal from unprocessed grief. She works with people internationally through private sessions, live signature programs, and pre-recorded workshops. Our guest is also the founder of the Zen Diva Academy, empowering women to dance on the intersection of human and spirit. Her, Despite her years of science-based training, her greatest purpose is to make healing and spirituality both simple and fun. Her mission is to empower you to live a life of optimal health, wealth, and wisdom by living your authentic story and reconnecting to your intuition and power. So with that, let me introduce you to Cindy O'Donnell. Hi, Cindy. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. And how are you? I'm doing great. Like we were chatting before, the sun's out. It's colder, but the sun is out. So there's mm -hmm. just something about having the sun shine on your face when when you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> right, for sure. Or outside for five minutes. <laughs> it's like reading the crispy air. <laughs> yeah, right. I actually like the crisp air. Me too. I actually like Me winter too. for that. Yep. <laughs> it makes you feel a different kind of way. It does. Um, it does for sure. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to chat with you. I have questions. I want to know more about everything you do. Um, so I guess let's start with um, what's like, I guess, the journey from because I know you've done a lot of different things. Um, you like to learn new, like, I think you've done like yoga, like all of these things. You've done training for a whole bunch of that stuff. So can you kind of go through, um, I don't know where you want to start, <laughs> 2007 <laughs> or before, I don't know the whole story, but kind of just go through the journey of like what kind of brought you to where you are now and what you decided to kind of focus on, like just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was born on a warm day in July. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going that far back. <laughs> Um, so I started actually my career, my original career was in travel and tourism. So I have a travel and tourism diploma and I was a flight attendant, travel agent, anything travel related I did. Um, and then I had a little human join my world. So when I became a mom, the hours of the travel industry weren't so doable, um, because I was going to be a single mom. So daycares aren't really open at 1am, even though your flight is flying at that time. <laughs> so I, I packed the little the little one up and we moved to a different city. And I took my massage therapy program. And uh, I usually keep that long story short, I say, and then the rest is history, because I find the moment that you open the, the floodgates of be being in health and wellness and healing, um, there's always so much more to know. And um, at our graduation, I remember one of our teachers and she said that she said, you've just gone through one of the most intense programs you'll ever go through and you know nothing. 
And she wasn't wrong. Like it just, it fueled this desire to learn more. Okay, well, how does this work? And how does that work? And why is it that there's no one size fits all? Like we all have the same bicep, the same tricep. Like why is there maybe more to it than that? So that brought me to craniosacral therapy, which is more of um, like the brain, spinal cord, nervous system. And then again, taking a cranial course, they're like, well, there's now emotions that we need to factor into all of this. I'm like, oh, okay. So we have emotions in our tissue now too, don't we? <laughs> so I just kept studying because I am I love learning new things. I'm a very curious person. And I find that even myself on my health journey, like if you, if you hit a dead end, it's like, okay, well, what's next? And I think there's always a what's next. So I like to learn the what's next and then offer it to the world. Oh, I love that. I feel like sometimes it's just um, when you keep learning, it fuels like your soul. <laughs> like when you stop learning, you know, when you're kind of like in a, just a rut or whatever you want to call it, just feeling like you're not, you're uninspired. It's probably because you're not really like excited about anything like for sure well and I think and that's the spiritual aspect right I think we come to earth to have a human experience and the human experience is to learn like Mm -hmm. when we're up there whatever you believe in right when we're a little soul we know it all because it's like we have the bigger picture Mm -hmm. so if we come here to me it's for a grow like a journey of growing and evolving over our whole lifetime until we return home Mm -hmm. and home being whatever you believe in is home. (laughs) Right, right. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's true. That's so true. Um, So when you, when you do those therapies, because I've never done them, I've been interested in them. And I Mm -hmm. have them on my like to do list, but haven't made it a priority yet. Um, How does it work? So if someone comes to see you, like, how, like, I guess, do you decide like, or a client, would they decide like, oh, I'd I'd like to try this or that? Or would you maybe be like, oh, maybe you should try this because I kind of feel that you need this one more? Like, how does it work? So like, what's the biggest difference, I guess? I was gonna say, I could give you a like, how does it work in an ideal world, knowing everything I know, or how does it work in real life? So we're gonna Mm. go with how it works in real life. Yeah. So how it works in real life, usually people are like, oh my gosh, I have a sore back. And I need a massage because mm-hmm. um, massage therapy is something that most people know what it is. It's not super scary, although for some people, even just that is scary. So I fully honor and respect that. But like, it's not an unknown. You kind of know, like you're going to go on a massage table and you're going to get a massage. So a lot of people, that's kind of how they make their way into my world. That being said, now that I'm educating more and more on what craniosacral therapy and somatoemotional release are, there are people who come right out of the gate for that um so a lot of times and i tell people although i give you the option of what session to book a lot of times when people come into my office we have a a small talk like we hey what's up like what's your health journey like um what are some of your struggles right now or what is your intent because sometimes people come in and and they have a lot of things going on and they know that i work with like grief and trauma and things like that but they just want a safe place to relax. So that would not be a day that we would start doing somatic work to make them, you know, process their emotions. They just want to relax. So it's very much, all of my treatments are very much tailored to the individual who's in front of me and what they are presenting that day. 
So we can have like a long-term treatment plan of like the long-term goal is to get into somatic work to help you heal XYZ emotion. Um, but where are you at today? Because mm. there's we shouldn't rush our healing process. I think we we live in a world of like faster, better, stronger, but there's such a sacred journey that comes from getting to know yourself and healing. You know, some of these wounds have, have been there for we've carried them as a little backpack for a lot of years. So it's like unpacking could be a little scary. Um, so creating safe space is usually step one. And like, what does that look like for somatic, like you said, somatic work, is that how mm -hmm. you said it? So is it um like, what would be like, I know it's obviously different for everyone, but mm -hmm. what does that look like for like, okay, I'm ready to like process this trauma or like to release the emotions, like all of that. How does like one feel, I guess, like once, like if you go through like the first session or like, how does that look like? So usually what we do is I suggest three treatments because the first treatment will be very craniosacral therapy based because we're doing um, essentially it's called it's called a 10 step protocol. So we're tuning into the body to make sure that the body is out of fight or flight, which is where your nervous system is really firing, and into this rest and recover place. So if you've been running on high adrenaline or you've you had a lot of anxiety or a lot like you're processing a lot of emotions, you might be heightened in this in your nervous system. So we bring the nervous system back to its you know, restore factory settings, <laughs> you know, control, alt, delete. <laughs> so the first session is usually that and, and clients typically report feeling like very relaxed, sometimes a little emotional and it's, and also most times it's our first meeting. So creating safe space for like, for you to feel safe with me in, in the energy, in, in the clinic space, whatever it may be. And then we progress on to usually the second visit, more of the somatic work. And the somatic work is still hand positions. Like we we hold, if anyone's ever received a Reiki treatment, um, it's like a light touch like that, but it's very, we're still engaged in the tissue. And that's the difference between energy work and somato-emotional release is we're still hands-on modalities like engaging with the tissue. And what happens is the tissue moves called fascia we have connective tissue called fascia without going in a big anatomy lesson here on this podcast but so our fascia is the the tissue that surrounds all of our muscles all of our ligaments and our nervous system and everything in our body so we engage with the fascia and we start moving with the fascia and the fascia kind of guides us and then eventually it it stops it stops moving and that's called a still point and when you're in a still point that is when the body is in that whole restore factory settings mode. So you are in the scientific term, if we have any science geeks listening, it's like it's homeostasis. Your body is enters a state of homeostasis, meaning it wants to heal itself. Hmm. But what happens when we're in that mode, sometimes the person will say, oh, I'm, I'm suddenly thinking of my friend from grade three. Oh, and me as a practitioner, I just hold space. So the difference is in spiritual guidance session, a lot of time or coaching sessions, the coach will say like, we'll guide you through that or we'll try to get something out of you. Mm -hmm. Whereas in somatics, it's very much client led. So, oh, t tell me more about that friend. Well, I don't know. Like we're on, we're on the swings. Oh, and what's happening? Well, they're pushing me. Okay. 
And what's that like for you? Well, I'm kind of scared because they're pushing me way too hard. Oh, so that's fear that could have been trapped in the body. And to release it, it's, it's deciding to be released through this story of this friend that was pushing you too hard on the swings and you got scared. So we dialogue with the emotion. We bring, like, we bring the emotion up, but then we start to dialogue with it to make it make sense or to give it a completion process. And so, yes, it is very different for everyone, mm. but like that's the most simple way that I could explain how it all comes together as far as like the hands-on, but then the emotion and then the visualization. Mm. I like that you explained the fascia because um, that makes sense to me because I always wonder like, how do they know like where to go? Like where do, do I mean? So if it kind of guides you and it's actually like a thing that you can feel or like... <laughs> You know yeah, where... you can palpate it. Like sometimes it's stuck, like it's dense. Like it, mm -hmm. it feels different. The best example for fascia is, do you, do you remember Silly Putty? Yeah. I was going to say, please tell me you're at an age that you remember Silly Putty. Yeah. If the listeners do not remember Silly Putty, just Google it. You will find it. <laughs> but when you stretch Silly Putty, it's got this like, it looks like a web, doesn't it? Like it's, it's, it's mm. movable and it's webby. Well, that's your fascia. That's how it looks like when it's, warmed up and when it's healthy and moving but like when it gets dense and tight like silly putty you can bounce it like it's literally yeah. a bouncing ball well right. imagine having that in your body surrounding a, a muscle tissue or um a nerve like mm. it, it's tight it, it's not comfortable so right. we loosen it up so we stretch it up and then once it's stretched it kind of brings us to where we need to go mm, that's so interesting and also i wanted to ask about the nervous system so that's new, like the last few years, they start talking about um, our fight and flight. I mean, general speaking, like mm -hmm. everywhere. So um, I feel like we hear that a lot more. Um, and talking about our nervous system, like, oh, you're dysregulated or whatnot. Can you feel like if you have someone on your table, obviously you must be able to be like, Ooh, like, can you be like, oh, their nervous system isn't like regulated? Is that some a thing? Like, can you feel it on their body or? <laughs> yeah, you usually can. You usually can feel it even before they make it to the table. Right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Energy wise. You're right. Okay. Right. And it's, and I'm not pointing because I laugh at myself at this all the time, but like when people book an appointment, they get a confirmation email. Like how many of us read our confirmation emails? Like we don't because, well, I got the appointment. I'll show up. But like a lot of times the confirmation emails might have details like this is the door you should use to come in and this is how you find me and this is where the washrooms are or whatever, right? Like if you're a good business owner, mm -hmm. you're giving your clients a lot of details so that it's effortless when they come in. So usually when a client comes in and it's not effortless for them, I'm like, oh, you either missed my email, you missed the reminder email, <laughs> or <laughs> you didn't read the website, whatever it may be, but it's like... And that tells me it, there is some dysregulation going there because you're not mindful. You're not mindfully present in your reality. Mm. Like you're not slowing down enough to actually be present. Mm. So that's usually sign off. number one. <laughs> True. Yeah. When people are rushing through life, you can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. you're going through the motions, right? And you're like, oh, there's a sign on this door, but I'm not going to read it. Right. Like, do I enter this door? Well, and the sign on the door says, please enter. <laughs> Like when we pull instead of push or yes, <laughs> I think yeah. that's like an automatic thing, but yeah, we do it all. Yeah. That's 
It's like oh this, there's a meme that goes around and it's like a, a sign on a door and it says like pullish, like or pull, <laughs> like pull push, like it's it's a combination of both words. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how often do we feel that way? We're so frantic and we're so like, ah, then we're like, we get to a door and we're like, I don't even know what to do anymore. We don't even like acknowledge what it says. Yeah. You see no. the sign, but you don't like process yeah. it. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> so take yeah. a deep breath and just, yeah. you know, land in your space. That's, when yeah. you're feeling anxiety, just take a deep breath and land in your space because that actually starts to regulate your nervous system. Mm, so so I know that online, like we're seeing a lot more like and, and I'm now seeing a lot more somatic, like here's a, a stretch for somatic and here's a this like buzzwords, right? Because it mm -hmm. just, you know, there's some great marketers out there. But at the end of the day, that's why I say my motto is making healing simple and fun. Like it doesn't have to be complicated to re-regulate your nervous system. Mm. So, right. So that's what my question was going to be. So like uh, someone that's like, especially anxiety, like obviously we have a lot of anxiety, like a lot of people have those feelings, um, either worse or not, like we've all kind of had them, right? So mm -hmm. um, is it just like, what's the best thing to do if you're like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm like, I need to get back, like I'm feeling anxious, like there's something I either know why or don't know why sometimes it just kind of happens. Is it just mm -hmm. the breathing techniques? Like, is that the step one? I think I know the answer, but yeah, well, <laughs> breathing helps. Mm -hmm. I so what I teach is that we have four bodies. You have your physical body, your mental body, your emotional body, and your energy slash spirit body. So, and this is just a way for us for our brain to be able to conceptualize like or compartmentalize it. Okay, I have my physical, like they're all, they're four separate bodies. Although like we know they're all in there at the same time, living their best little life. <laughs> so when anxiety comes, you want to engage all four bodies to land fully in your body and in your reality. So you take a deep breath and that's physical body, right? I'm taking a deep breath. And then mind, your mind is probably really, really busy. Okay. I'm going to look around in my surroundings. What do I see? What can I focus on? And then you might find a focus point for your eyes to look at. Okay. Oh, there's a beautiful flower there. So now you're, you may be not thinking of the thing that may have brought upon the anxiety and you're just having a moment with this flower. Okay. How are my emotions right now? Oh, I'm feeling very, maybe restless, maybe angry, maybe sad, whatever it may be. Can you honor that emotion and just witness it? Because a lot of times we start to have anxiety and we're like, oh my God, I shouldn't cry. I shouldn't cry. I shouldn't cry. Well, there's sadness there and you want to cry. Suppressing it isn't really going to help. So you take a deep breath. You look at the flower and you say, oh, wow, I feel really tender right now. And I feel like I want to cry. This is probably not the best place. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to step outside for a minute. And when you're not sure kind of what action to take, that's where the energy and spirit body comes in is you can listen to your intuition and go, what do I need right now? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when we have anxiety, it's like we're, we're suppressing our need or we're suppressing an emotion. Right. So it's, it's to be fully present in the moment when anxiety comes up, you take a deep breath, but it's so much more than just taking a deep breath. Take a deep breath. And um, there's this nice saying that says, where are my feet? You take a deep breath and like, where are your feet at? Mm. Oh, my feet are here. Mm. Okay. And where's here? Oh, my feet are in my sunroom right now in my house. Okay. And is it safe here? Yes, it's safe here. Okay. So there's no danger. Mm. 
And what do, what do my emotions need? Oh, my emotions need to scream in a pillow because I'm feeling really frustrated and angry. Perfect. Grab a pillow and scream. Oh, I can't do that. People might hear me. Mm -hmm. we, we suppress so much, don't we? Mm. Yeah. Just to honor everything that's going on in your reality. Oh, I love that. That's a really good tip. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, I like getting new tools that are like, oh, like simple and just like, basic stuff mm -hmm. oh that's great and um so I wanted to ask you about um so you like have a gift of mediumship um or intuition like I don't know how you want to call it or, or categorize it um or people I guess because it always looks different for everyone like I know we probably all kind of have some kind of obviously our intuition and stuff um at different levels but can you talk to me about that like explain either has it always been there like what does it look like for you and yeah also for clients if they want to book a session with you I have a dry I have a dry cough here so if I <laughs> mute myself um we will just edit accordingly <laughs> no worries. um so it, it it it's funny because it's the one question I get a lot because intuition and mediumship and channeling it, it it's one of those things like we're curious mm. um and, and I would love to be like I followed this program and I did this thing and ta-da mm. um but for me it wasn't actually such a happy story it was I was born with this um and and I will now call it a gift it took me a long time to call it a gift I was born with this gift and I believe we all are and I'll get back to that a little bit after um but at a young age I I witnessed a very tragic accident and I didn't understand death and dying at that point like you know when you're young there's that one point in your life where like oh well, like what is what is death like what does that mean or like because you don't know and it was a little girl and she I could feel her next to me telling me that everything was okay. She's like, everything's okay. Can you please tell them that everything's okay? And there's chaos happening all around me. And, um, but I'm, I'm knowing she's okay. And I was like, okay, I don't understand. And then in the frantic rush, everything kind of happens. And then the next morning, my mom says, you know, that little girl from yesterday, she didn't make it. And I was like, what, what do you mean? She didn't make it. She's like, well, she died. And I was like, what do you mean she died? And she's like, well, and then we had this big talk about what death and dying was. And, and I was like, but, but she told me she was okay. And then my mom was stunned. And I could see that like that me saying that was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe don't, maybe don't go there. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't. So I suppressed it for a long time. And then fast forward to high school, we, we unfortunately had to say goodbye to a lot of fellow students at the high school that I went to um, friends and peers. And, and there was a lot of trauma during, um, so I did four years of high school, grade nine to 12. And, and there was a lot then, and towards, towards like the end, like there was more and more, they started doing like peer to peer groups. So they brought in counselors to help us, but then they had like these sharing circles. And I remember quite vividly, I was in a sharing circle sitting in the floor of the library you went to my two mountains like the little corner room there mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and we were all sitting in a circle and people started sharing these stories about this young man who um, had just left us and I had not met this young man and 
someone shared a story and I was like, yeah, but do you remember when he said this? And then when you did that and when he said this and they were like, yeah, but you weren't there. How do you know that? And then someone else would share something. I was like, yeah, but he wants me to tell you that. And it just came out because it was such a sacred energy. It just, it just came out. And I was like, oh, oh, I've reopened these floodgates. And now people are going to know that I can do this. Um, but I saw how helpful it was. I saw that it was helping people heal. So I realized, okay, maybe it's time, you know, I talked about suppressing anxiety. I was like, maybe if you have this thing, this ability back then definitely didn't call it a gift. Um, maybe it's time to share it to help other people on their journey. So then I, I just did, I embraced it and I would do like just, you know, friends and family, just help them out. And then I started doing one-on-one -on -one sessions with clients. And then I started doing group sessions. Um, one of my biggest group sessions had over 300 people wow. and we just did like group readings. Um, so it just kind of, um, evolved from that. And that's where the Zendiva Academy came from. That's why I created that because I truly believe we are all intuitive, 100% intuitive. We have the energy intuition body, right? But I also believe that everyone can, can channel their loved ones, like loved ones who've crossed over because you see the signs. It's like, I don't know, you see a bird and you're like, oh, I feel like that would probably be my dad coming to say hi. Like mm. trust that. So the Zendiva Academy was created to help people really get to know themselves and, and tune into their intuition, um, not necessarily to channel the way I do, like in a group reading or one-on-ones, but to channel their own inner wisdom and their own spirit guides, guardian angels. Um, so, I mean, that's making the long, long story as short as possible, <laughs> but um, it's something that I was born with and I, then I just kept developing and however I in full transparency have had a love-hate relationship with it mm. because it's like although I see the healing you know when I was like in my 20s and single and trying to date like you're the town quack right like mm -hmm. oh yeah I talk to dead people like oh <laughs> let me just get check <laughs> so there's these weird moments of my life where sometimes I was like okay let's just not tell people about this and then there's other times it was like okay let's do a group reading with 300 people <laughs> right <laughs> and I'd say it's still like that a little bit so yeah but I it is a service that I offer um, it's not one that I have marketed a lot, but I probably will eventually. But um, for people that are, because sometimes that's like just the last little bit that they want. Like they're doing grief therapy with like, you know, a therapist and, and the talk therapy and all of that. But they just need a little bit extra closure or a little extra support. Then, um, So when I offer it, it's not like, you know, um, will I win the lottery or am I going to be single forever? <laughs> Those right. questions sometimes come up. So it's not a fortune telling, <laughs> predict your future entertainment. It's right. more so of a connecting with your loved ones as, as a healing um, modality. Mm, yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> um, I'm, I've always been interested in that because I feel like um, I do see signs and like, I, I feel, I feel a lot like energy wise, I think. And like, I don't know. And then you read things like, Oh, number ones, if you see like 11, 11 and stuff like that, like, is that, is that something, is that really a thing? Like, what do you know about that? <laughs> Can you tell me? <laughs> so it is a thing, is it? Okay, okay. but the, it is a thing, but the thing is, <laughs> see, see where we're going here. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a thing. What happens is, Sometimes there's like, there's things that happen that are so common that it kind of becomes common. So finding dimes. 
dimes is one of those things that people are like oh when you find dimes it's a sign from your loved ones on the other side like that they're with you or or whatever that they're watching over you um like 11 11 on the clock right like oh i'm in spiritual alignment like 11 11 or there's these little synchronicities that have become kind of mainstream but what i teach people and what i suggest people do is that is true and that's like the gateway mm-hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be true for you because your intuition is always what's right it's not an external thing or someone trying to sell you a program mm. that has really good marketing mm-hmm. right because we live in that world now it's a it's hard to decipher like uh or so i i'll actually use an example i had a client and she said i see red cardinals and it reminds me of my grandfather I said, amazing. And do you see them often? She's like, usually just when I really like need it or when I'm really thinking about him. She's like, I'll go for a walk and I'll see a red cardinal. And she says, every time it just makes my heart smile. And it just, it brings me this joy and this inner peace. And I was like, that is so beautiful. She says, yeah, but then I went to a medium and she said that my grandfather wasn't red cardinals. He was blue jays. I said, okay. And how, what was that like for you? And she says, well, I never see blue jays, Cindy. And that made me really sad. So like, what was the red cardinal? So that medium through no fault of her own, like I'm sure I, I, I'm not her, so I don't know what the reading was about, but how sad to take away this beautiful, all of these beautiful, precious moments that this woman had had. And I said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who tells you that your grandfather's a blue jay. If you knew that he was a red cardinal, he's a red cardinal. Mm. And you got to trust that and and could be that the medium told her that so that she would have that conversation with me so that you don't mean like I believe in a chain of events and and all of that, but I think as. practitioners healers or if we start to offer these things as a service, there is a huge responsibility that comes from that from not taking away people's power. Like you are not the one with all the answers and you're giving all the answers to the person in front of you like it's very much a co creation of two people coming together and and creating this beautiful message so i do believe like in the dimes and i do believe in the birds and the things but i joked because i used to find dimes too and my dad has passed away but my dad always gave me 20 dollars bills like any of you like oh you're going to with your friends here's 20 dollars forget like that wouldn't get you far these days but like back then yeah. <laughs> right like yeah. here's 20 dollars yeah. you'd get mcdonald's and gas <laughs> and it was a good night so he always gave me 20 dollars bills So when I started reflecting on that, I'm like, wait a minute, like dad would not send me dimes, right? (laughs) He'd send me twenties. So if I get to decide, well, then I want, like, I looked up the sky. I'm like, dude, like you need to send me (laughs) twenties. And sure enough, a couple of days later, I opened an old journal to start journaling and there was a $20 bill in there. (laughs) Oh, I love these stories. I love that. Like, yeah, because I totally believe in those things when that happens, the random stuff like that. You're like, nah. Come, right that's Pipolo. yeah that's Pipolo. right yeah. exactly you're like yeah. Where, what mm. and that's why i say like i'm very science-based but there's also some pseudoscience things that you're like well i'm like it's not really quantifiable but like i, <laughs> I see what i see and it's it like it's here now <laughs> right <laughs> right so you're kind of playing between both worlds of like the data the scientific stuff and then also the like, okay, this doesn't, like you say, quantify. Okay, well, right. yeah, but it still is like, yeah. 
Right. And I know that some people listening, like, and it's okay, like, if, if like, skeptics are skeptics, and, and they serve a purpose, because again, we want both polarities, we want both perspectives, right? So somebody be like, well, yeah, but Cindy, you probably put the $20 bill there one day when you were journaling as a bookmark, blah, 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 blah. Yes, probably. Like, mm -hmm. but that's not the point. The fact that you went idea. in there. Yeah, that you went back and found right. it was the that that was the thing not yeah he didn't put it there like physically but he right made you find it <laughs> exactly and that's yeah. what, I even joke about like you know people that believe like in the law of attraction and things like that I'm like it's not as simple as like you look up and you're like hey sky daddy could I have a million dollars I wish and then yeah, a million dollars shows up <laughs> obviously if that happened we would all do that yeah 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 so there's 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 nuances to, to everything and I think that's what's important for all of us to play with mm. um but yeah I definitely believe in signs from the universe and little winks from our loved ones on the other side for sure right. um can you talk about actually I just had like something that came up and I feel like I like to be authentic wasn't on my radar at all um so <laughs> which I don't know if I can talk without crying I guess I don't know why but I'll I'll go for it I guess um mm -hmm. so <clears throat> I don't it's, okay obviously you get this all the time I guess in your, I do your your line of work <laughs> the emotions that come up so mm -hmm. um I have a friend from high school that had passed away a few years ago and I hadn't seen him in like 15 years basically since we graduated and when he passed away I was getting so many signs like at home Mm -hmm. like my son just randomly going in a in a uh like getting our snowboard like my snowball snow well snowboard goggles randomly like it's been there for like 20 years or whatever 10 years like mm -hmm. in a random closet and he just like randomly finds them and like look and like weird things and it was like oh like this is strange because I wasn't close to him anymore do you mm -hmm. know what I mean so Yep. Do these things like really happen? Like, is it really just because you're really in tune with it or you're feeling those things? Like, is that a normal thing to happen for like either someone that you didn't really know or that you haven't seen in a long time? Like if when someone passes, is there like a bigger type of energy that kind of can like, can you explain that? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I love that you just honored your emotion right there. Do you see how Thank that's you. like? It, <laughs> it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And it's beautiful if if tears came up because you're thinking of, of something that like makes you feel. And it, like feeling is the whole point of being here. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. Oh, we'll see. And yeah, it is, it is normal. <clears throat> I say all things are normal and not normal all at the same time. Right. <laughs> because... So think of, I'm going to use this example because I think it's a, it's a global one. If you think of Princess Diana, mm -hmm. how many people felt and maybe still feel if they're watching documentaries, like deep sadness for her passing. Right. If you look at the amount of flowers that were there, the amount of, like, I didn't know Princess Diana personally. I was very young when she died. But I remember being sad. And when I watch her story, I'm still sad. Like, it, I feel like, oh, that's really sad. Like, we lost someone, you know, that was quite special. Mm. 
And your friend, it's the same thing, even though you weren't super close, but it's someone that you met, you've shared energy with, and we're all connected through our energy. And I think people forget that is when I say the spirit body, the energy body, it's like that is the the essence that connects all of us. And I know that the lockdowns didn't help that, but I think there's more than ever so much importance to like look somebody in the eye when, when you know, you're saying hi or just to be in each other's energy to recognize that we're all the same and we're all unique all at the same time, right? We're all going through things and the energy of compassion and things like that. So you were connected with this person energetically. So of course his passing still is going to affect you in some way. And then there's, you know, some little signs and things energetically saying like, you know mm. what, you're going to be okay. And he's okay. And, mm. and we even create these like parasocial relationships, especially in this world, like of Instagram and Facebook, like you, people that share a lot on Instagram, like I, I even find myself saying like, oh, my friend Jalin, like we've met mm. once in person, right. <laughs> but like, you're my friend. Yeah. But it, there's a bit of a parasocial relationship there or like, oh, my friend so-and-so. Well, because I watch their stories all day or day. Right, <laughs> right. I feel like they're my friend because I know them. So this is where it, it kind of happens is if they were to leave the earth, you'd probably be sad even if you've never met them in person. Mm, that's true. Because you've built an energetic connection with them. Right. That makes so much sense. Yeah, sometimes we try to make sense of things and try mm -hmm. to logic, like have logic around it. Mm -hmm. And when someone passes away and you're like, oof, like, why am I so sad? Like, why is this affecting me so much? I never thought it would. And then you just kind of get into like a like dark like why am I crying all that? like yeah or whatever like why is start shaming yourself yeah yeah it's like a <laughs> yeah so no I, I felt like I had to ask that question yeah because that's so that's the perfect example of why we have four bodies mm. the mental body response like grief is not a mental body thing grief is emotion energy body mm. and that's why when people say oh well oh well it's been like five years you should get over it by now Right. Well, gee, thank you for your compassion, but that's not quite how it works. Like there's no data spreadsheet time, time line. Like it, that's not how it works. Mm. How would so you logic explain isn't that? Yeah, I know. And we always try to like make logic, like make sense out of everything. Um, so like someone that goes through grief that did lose someone really close to them, like a spouse or a brother or a sister, like, how would you say like, um, for them, like, like, oh, I guess, yeah, that's a hard one to, <laughs> it's a hard way to ask. So like going, going through grief, obviously it's just to honoring, like, so that you can get better or, or mm -hmm. get better at living without them or just kind of recreating your like new life, like, or, but like energy wise, like, is there something that someone can do to like it's just is it just honoring whatever come up and like one day at a time like what would you tell someone that has lost someone that has a really hard time like just to get back to their normal like yeah so I would first and foremost suggest that they have a support system they reach out to at least one person um grief for some reason has almost been made taboo we're like oh like they're crying they're grieving let's give them some alone time 
Because mm. it's almost like we're so uncomfortable and we don't know how to deal with someone else's grief that we kind of, it's really weird. Mm. So I'd say step one is to to have at least one person as a support system so that on the days that you don't even feel like brushing your teeth, taking a shower, and that you're, you just want a human burrito all day, mm -hmm. to have that person check in on you. And you're allowed, P.S., you're allowed your human burrito days. It's okay if you haven't brushed your teeth in a couple of days, but like maybe that one friend could say, you know what, it's been three days. You might want to, mm. let's do at least that. Mm. And to, to have that, and if you are the friend of someone who is grieving, it's to not assume that you know what they need, but to ask them. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, I can't even imagine what you're going through. And, and I, I'm so sorry, but what can I do to support you through this? What do you need? Because your friend who's grieving might need her floors washed instead of a hug. Mm -hmm. But they might need a hug instead of the floors washed, right? right it's it's right, such right. a unique process. So yeah, if you are going through some deep grief, to just honor your process. And it's not time heals all wounds, mm. but it's it's what we do with that time. And the more we can just, I don't even like to say like surrender and allow, because sometimes that can be a really, really overwhelming, but it, it kind of is a surrender and allow of, you know, that person is no longer with us. It's normal that you're very upset. Mm -hmm. It's normal that your, your world has been turned upside down. And interestingly enough, that brings, it brings a memory of, so when my dad passed, I had someone, and if they're listening, I still love you, I forgive you, but I had someone come to the service, you know, and when they shake the hands and they give the sympathies, and they gave me a hug, and they said, oh, what a blessing for you that you're a medium, because it, it doesn't hurt as much, right, because you know you're still connected to him, and you can still talk to him. Mm. I don't think anybody's ever been throat punched at a funeral, but it came really close on that day. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can imagine. Wow. So right. it doesn't matter how spiritually evolved you are. You are a human having a human experience and they were a human and you can grieve that the, that human experience, smelling them, touching them, feeling them, hearing their voice. You can grieve that that is gone, no matter how enlightened you are. Mm. So I find that in, in grief now, sometimes people spiritual bypass a little bit. They're like, oh, well, they're with us in spirit form. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. very valid. But also yeah. honoring the emotion body, the mental body, and the physical body. Mm. Wow, that's so powerful to know. I feel like just having that visual of being able to, to kind of categorize it makes so much sense to mm -hmm. me. So, yeah. Thank you for that. And I, I wish more people, I wish we would talk about grief more. I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I know that I have people all the time. They're like, you make healing simple and fun. Like, how do you make grief fun? And then someone once joked, they're like, Cindy's tagline should be, she puts the fun in funeral. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, because <laughs> it's spelled like, you know, you yeah, it. yeah. I'm like, but kind of, because it's, you know, nothing serious is happening over here mm -hmm. on earth, right? And everything's mm -hmm. going to be okay. But if more of us talked about it, yeah and if you've ever lost someone you can even think of like at the few like you don't cry for a whole week straight like you have little moments of laughter in there right right it's okay like yeah. and you share stories about them and their stories yeah. that we all have loved ones that have done silly things yeah yeah that's true sometimes oh, we, yeah. we have to like 
be really sad and not laugh and like okay no I'm like I can't be laughing right now because and then that's another right. whole thing to <laughs> yeah to process <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 or when someone like goes through there's so much logistics when someone passes away mm -hmm. I've seen people be just on like business mode for like weeks and then after they crash after everyone's yes. gone after all the things and the funeral and the whatever so um, I always make sure that I like check in on them like later because it's not mm -hmm. the day or the week itself that and then oh okay well I I you know what I mean like gave them a hug and they should be fine yeah. and it's a floodgate that opens everyone like texts and calls and like at that moment and then probably like one month later when you're actually like feeling everything and like can't do anything and just at home alone is probably mm -hmm. when that's like the hardest for someone. Right. So I always like picture that I've never had like a huge um, thing like that happened to me, I guess yet, but um, I've always had that, like, I don't know if I've seen someone anyways, I've always like checked in <laughs> later to make sure like, are you how to I mean how are you today <laughs> so, right yeah and that's so good because you're right that is the time where it's just as important you know when mm. when we the forget about it gone. yeah we people do. forget yeah quickly yeah. Mm. and I even like and I know some people are gonna be like oh my god Cindy if you really cared you'd remember like okay there let's not shame each other but here's a suggestion that I have if you have a friend or a loved one or someone you care about that is going through grief, set yourself a reminder in mm -hmm. your calendar to check in on them. Like you said, three weeks from now, a month from now. And, and I know that, again, like I said, some people will be like, you have to set reminders to care for your friends. Yes, because sometimes life gets really busy. Uh -huh. We all get busy. We have kids, we have jobs, we have like life gets busy no matter where you, who you yeah. are. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes you do forget to check in on the important things. So I'm a huge fan of having a calendar, even for like, for not just for birthdays and anniversaries and weddings, but like this friend, oh, this friend is having surgery on this day. A couple days after I'm going to check in and see if they need some food or I'm going to drop off some food or whatever it may be. Um, I don't think that takes away of the intent. Like, I think it's still just as beautiful whether you have it in your planner or not. Mm. So that could be a little tip for people yeah. to uh, consider. That's a good one. Yeah. Our life is just like kind of we're zoned in every like, yeah. When you have young kids or whatever's happening in your life, that's how I feel right now that mm -hmm. I can't, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> I have a lot of intentions of like seeing people or doing play dates or girl nights or whatever. And if you don't put it in a calendar or like write it down, you're probably not gonna, it's not gonna happen. It's just, yeah. So right. that's a good tip. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. This was like really great. It really took a different turn than what I, I mean, I never plan things, but like I try to have a few things like prepared and <laughs> like questions <laughs> and stuff, but I like to go where it goes, um, follow the flow, which is great. And it's all, I feel like it's always things that we actually needed to hear or someone will have needed to hear, which is why yeah. I had to go there. So um, so this was so special. Thank you so much. And where Thank can people you. like go follow you or like, where can they find you online? So online, I've like simplified my whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, my website is cindyodonnell.ca. Fairly simple. All of my links and everything is there. They can even book an appointment there. 
Um, but on Instagram, I am Cindy O'Donnell dot RMT. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Facebook just as Cindy O'Donnell. And uh, they can follow me like it's it's my personal profile, but anybody can follow me and still, you know, reach me there and come play in my online world. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you again so, so, so much. Um, I feel like we learned a lot and it's just and we probably did release some energy and some <laughs> built up whatever um, today. So I feel like it's going to hit for a lot of people. So good. So thank you so much. And a reminder to the listeners to go do something that lights you up today. That makes you feel good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.